Hello, hello. Here we are again, coming to you this time from the Paranormal World Show, which is under the umbrella of Broadcast Team Alpha. You know, the show for the thinking global citizen, the one that is not afraid to step outside of the box and poke around and see what else he can find that normally don't show up on Channel 5 at 6 o'clock at night. And... Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I have a delight here with me, a wonderful guest. Uh, he has been a guest with us several times before. And uh, I'm going to introduce him here in just a little bit. In a, before that, I want to tell you how you can connect with us. You can get us at uh, broadcastteamalpha.com and also on uh, YouTube with the same name. And we are coming to you from 44 different platforms around the world, so you'll find us just about everywhere. And we are also uh, transmitting on Conscious Awakening Network, and that's a wonderful place. Go have a look at it, consciousawakeningnetwork.org, because they got close to, I think, about 50 different shows there where they talk about absolutely anything that you need to know about. And, uh, well, I want to introduce the guest real quick. And um, we have Brad Olson with us. We're going to be uh, doing a little shorter interview this time because he is booked to come back on February 6th for a full hour show. So that's going to be interesting. And we'll see if we can uh, squeeze some really interesting stuff out of him tonight. Because uh, this is the Paranormal Show, and he is an author, and he is a speaker, and he is a, on interviews absolutely everywhere on conferences and in podcasts and everywhere. And besides, he's the third guy I know that has been to Antarctica. Yes, sir. And uh, he has written about things in every corner of the universe when it comes to the paranormal. So um, welcome to the show, Brad. Hey there, Augie. Thanks again for having me on. It's always a great pleasure to talk with you, and especially right now on New Year's Eve as we uh, are about to jump into a brand new year and all that may oh, be in store for us. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm all about scrapping the last one and maybe looking for something better in this year. And it is up to us to do that because it seems like there's others that have plans for us. And, what, you know, you write about the paranormal in the present and the past a lot. What do you anticipate could happen within the paranormal arena this coming year? Do you have any good ideas? Well, I'll just say that 2023 has been a year of disclosure like never before. Yep. You have in the month of March, or it's in May, that uh, Lester Holt comes on NBC Nightly News during primetime news broadcasts and says that Pentagon has released a report that there's a mothership in our solar system. And you'd think that this would be the biggest story humanity has ever had, and we'd still be talking about it today and following where this mothership is in our solar system, but yeah. it was just a one and done. Yeah. Then you have the congressional testimony from David Grush, whose credentials check out. He is 
a special ops guy and he's been working on crash retrievals and getting all the parts to ship out so our scientists can backward engineer it. But the uh, really groundbreaking statement that he made for Congress is that they have also retrieved aliens, both dead yeah. and alive. I'm not talking about the aliens that are crossing over our southern border. I'm talking about extraterrestrials, yeah, dead and alive. So if that's not a game changer, I'm not sure what is, because nothing like this has been said either in the mainstream media or in congressional hearings to date. So this has been a very big year. So what might be in store? Well, perhaps more of the same, or maybe the mainstream media could be getting us prepped for the long <laughs> spoke of Project Bluebeam, the fake alien invasion that's yeah. been known about since the 1940s and in the 1970s. Werner von Braun, one of the paperclip Nazis, told his assistant, Carol Rosen, mm -hmm. that there would be this fake alien invasion. And this would be the last card the globalists would play before they could establish their one world government around the world. And doesn't it seem, Augie, that everything is being uh, set up in place for this very launch? Yeah, it kind of seems like we're being spoon-fed mm. and kind of herded off in the right direction towards something that... They're telling us they're real. We got the mothership, and then uh, now they're going to tell us that they're real. And, uh, well, they've done that. And then a little more, and suddenly they show up. Mm. And then they'll say, well, we told you. That's right. Yeah. And it's a, also a pretty strong helping of predictive programming, of getting the population, the American citizens, accustomed to the idea of alien visitations here on Earth, where anybody in this field, a uh, UFO researcher worth their weight in salt, will know that we've been visited and made contact with on this planet pretty much always. Because yeah. it's not just that we're always looking to the sky and say, oh, extraterrestrials are coming from a faraway planet. Yeah. What about inner terrestrials right under our feet that have been here the whole time? Yeah. Then you also have the concept of ultra terrestrials, those entities that can phase in and out of our third dimensional reality. And there you have quite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. And you got on, on the FBI website, there you have the so-called smoking gun document that explains in on their own stationery. Yeah, we know there is aliens here. We're mm. communicating with them, and most of them are interdimensionals. There so yeah, disclosure has happened. It sure has, and you know, in my in my series of books, I chronicle a lot of these things we're talking about, including Project Bluebeam in Beyond Esoteric, and, and it's a multi-pronged approach that they have said that they're going to uh, roll it out. Even William Cooper, he wrote about it in his book, Behold a Pale Horse. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you his exact quote. Uh, it's a section that reads, quote, can you imagine what will happen if Los Angeles is hit with a 9.0 earthquake? New York City is destroyed by a terrorist-planted atomic bomb. World War III breaks out in the Middle East. The banks and the stock market collapse. 
extraterrestrials land on the White House lawn. Food disappears from the markets and some people disappear and the Messiah presents himself to the world. Could you imagine, Augie, the yeah. state of uh, the mentality of people? Uh, but first, just as Will Cooper pointed out and behold a pale horse, they're going to go through these steps such as collapsing the economy, um, using harp as a weather weapon. We already saw that also yeah. this this past year in Turkey with that very anomalous earthquake right along the Syrian border. And it just so happened to be a couple days after the Turkish president Erdogan was applying for a peace deal in the Ukraine and saying yeah. that they would side with uh, Russia. And he was warned, don't go that way. Turkey's a NATO country. And then boom, he gets punished with that massive earthquake. Yeah. Yeah, I I noticed though that uh, we're still on YouTube, so we got to be a little diplomatic okay. in our language. <laughs> but uh, th you're exactly right because uh, there were really no time between those two incidents of him making the statement that uh, something is not right there, and mm. I think we need to correct it. So yeah, absolutely. And what uh, what else do you see possibly in outside of the political arena? Do you see other things happening? Well, keep in mind that the benevolent extraterrestrials that have been also visiting and monitoring this planet for quite some time have made it very clear that they're not going to allow full-scale nuclear war. Yeah. They've already shown up outside the nuclear silos in North Dakota and the radio man says, there's a UFO over our nuclear silos, yeah. one of the most sensitive airspace in the world. And then they go to see the nuclear bombs have all been deactivated. Similarly, yep. they, they shot off a, a nuclear bomb test from Vandenberg Air Force Base. This video clip was shown during Stephen Greer's disclosure in 2001. And a UFO comes up to it. It's flying through the air and it hits it a couple of times with laser beams that just renders it inoperable yeah. and it falls back to earth so they've demonstrated that nuclear war is off the table what i'm worried about is is similar to what bill cooper said and maybe someone with a suitcase bomb or a real biological that uh escapes on a subway for example and affects thousands of people and they take it home with them um yeah. so we already see with all the new <laughs> And people who cross the border that we have quite a lot of what could be sleeper cells as well that might also yeah we, we really don't junction we really don't know but uh some kind of yeah but it does seem that there is a takedown of the u.s that is going to be attempted yeah and it would have to happen right around the time they try to push this uh project blue beam because the whole point of it is to get people it's called a strategy of tension that you get them at their breaking point, basically. Yeah. And, uh, the, the supermarket shelves are going empty and yeah. possibly an EMP attack. Now, I'm not trying to frighten anyone, but just to, to pose these scenarios out there, because this is how the globalists think. Mm -hmm. The strategy of tension was a term that was brought out during Operation Gladio. It's yeah. when you were a kid in Europe. Remember, they were blowing up uh, train stations in Bologna, Italy, and Belgium, and they're blaming it on the communists. Well, it wasn't the communists. It was it was false flag operations. And yeah. those 
it's flagged. And they actually caught a guy. And the BBC did a special on Operation Gladio. I think you can still watch it on YouTube. Mm. And they're asking the guy in prison, uh, what were you doing this for? Why were you killing your own people, these stay behind uh, from World War II agents? And he said it was a strategy of tension to get people on the edge. So then when they blame it all on the communists and the next election comes up and the populist communist uh, candidate won't get voted in. So yeah. they're doing that to America now. It is a strategy of tension when all these things hit simultaneously. Yeah. They could potentially bring this country to its knees. And talking about predictive programming, how about that new movie that was produced by the Obamas called Leave the World Behind, where yeah. they're already saying that hackers are going to get into all our systems and hackers are going to take down the grid and hackers are going to turn your phones off and it's going to be the end of the world, basically. So they they always announce what they're going to do. This is in occultic terms, the yeah. revelation of the method. And I think they're revealing right now how this plan is going to happen. So what I'm saying to your audience is be prepared. Prepare. You know, we, I live out in uh, the West Coast and in California, they'd always say, well, you got to be ready for an earthquake. So have um, 20 yeah. gallons of fresh water ready to go or fill up your bathtub as soon as an earthquake hits and yeah. have food and supplies for at least a month. Now I think yeah. every American should be thinking along those lines because I think I think everybody should. And uh, let's let's look a little further into. Do you have some events coming up that you're going to speak at? Um, talk about that a little bit. That sounds very interesting. Well, sure. I'm going to be speaking at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles. On February 11th is the day I speak. That'll be the Sunday, the last day of the conference. And I'm doing my talk on the uh, giants of prehistory, whose history and knowledge has been swept under the rug, that this yeah. is uh, a part of our history in my book, Beyond Esoteric. I call it Suppressed Human Origins Chapter, mm -hmm. how so much of who we are as well as possibly even being a, a kind of hybrid with some of these giants has just been kept from the human public. Mm -hmm. And also the tie in with the, the megalithic sites around the world too, that uh, yeah. perhaps bigger people, bigger entities could move these giant blocks much easier than uh, smaller humans could. So you have to come to the talk and, and I'll try to connect all those dots. Uh, I've got about a hundred slides of giants and prehistory and then mm -hmm. some of the megaliths and, making a case, I believe, a good case for, well, the, the evidence speaks for itself, the bones and the yeah. hieroglyphs in Egypt, as well as uh, many records in ancient texts of these giants living on planet Earth. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that you may be talking about the, the past giants. Right. Yeah, right. and we have the bones. Uh, one right. of the ones I know is a femur bone that if that was put into a person, the person had to be over 30 foot tall. Yeah. That's There's many, many nice. examples like that. Very, very tall. Un, un, impossible for a human to be that tall. They're human-like. I mean, they have, they're yeah. bipedal. 
but sometimes they have an extra digit on their finger or toes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes really old ones, the really tall ones have double rows of teeth. Yeah. And what's interesting is sometimes you'll have these regressive genes because I do believe that, that the, uh, the giants mated with humans. It even says so in the Bible that they saw yeah. the earth women, they saw they were fair and they mated with them. And uh, that could be the offspring of the Nephilim. And there yeah. are these regressive genes. There's a, a group of people that live in Brazil in a small town and almost all of them have an extra digit on their hand. Uh, six finger kids pictures mm -hmm. on the internet, as well as the double row of teeth will occasionally turn up in somebody's, mouth <laughs> they usually yeah. have uh, extracted because it's really hard to to live that way and probably be teased a lot too but uh it just goes to show that there's a lot that is hidden in our genome that really isn't being talked about or we're being told yeah and i actually i've seen a picture of that was uh, there was a young kid that had uh, well probably uh, i don't know 12 years maybe old and they had regular teeth and then there were smaller teeth coming inside in a row all the way yeah. around so there was definitely a second row yeah and they, yeah they, on the internet they didn't know what to do adults. with it <laughs> yeah where to come from is what i'd say and yeah it's just like the uh rh negative blood type and i i uh describe it quite extensively in modern uh -huh. esoteric in a chapter called blood of the gods. Mm -hmm. And it happens to run in my family, Augie, my Ooh. dad is an RH negative, And so is my grandmother. When my grandmother was pregnant with the second born after my dad, his name would have been Douglas. And he was for five days, but my grandfather is RH positive. And my grandmother's blood mixed with Uncle Douglas, who is RH positive, and it eventually killed him after a couple of days. And it was what was known as blue blood babies. Wow. Now there's a medical term for it and a treatment for RH negative mothers if they have an RH positive baby that it won't infect nor kill them, as it did my Uncle Douglas. But at the time, uh, this was deadly. And here's what's so interesting about it, Augie. No other animals have the ability of the mother's blood infecting their own offspring and killing it. Only humans have that trait. Yeah. So we have a lot of evidence and markers pointing that we are indeed this hybrid amalgamation yeah. of several different DNA and and entities within us uh, already identified as 22 different dna types including reptilian right here in the back of our skull is the reptilian brain and that is mm -hmm. the fight or flight mechanism and uh so we're all a little bit of everything it would seem and so therefore these these hybrids or these very unusual traits like rh negative blood type yeah. shouldn't be much of a surprise because it's kind of like how you can have a donkey and a horse mm -hmm. mate, but they're two different species. The outcome is a mule, but mm -hmm. a mule is sterile. A mule cannot mate anymore, but yeah. it can be born. That's why so many of these elongated skulls, and now the DNA tests are coming back from Brian Forrester and Klaus Donna in Austria, 
they mm -hmm. have taken samples back to laboratories and tested it. And the star child skull that Lloyd Pye was taking around to conferences a decade ago, every one of those DNA tests shows uh, mitochondrial DNA. So an earth-born human mother, but unknown DNA, paternal uh, father DNA. Oh. Every single time, Augie, suggesting yeah. that it was these tall whether it be Anunnaki or another species, human-like giants mating mm -hmm. with earth women and then having these one-off mule-like offspring, which could be the Nephilim. Hmm. Well, that has been going on a long time. I remember reading about it in the Sumerian tablets from some right. 35,000 years ago, where they said that they were, they, uh, were hungering for the human females <laughs> yeah aren't we all <laughs> <laughs> we we do <laughs> yeah but uh gosh uh uh right in the middle of the show here would you tell people also where they can get your books and uh where all that can be found yeah sure so i'm uh a book publisher as well. I publish other authors like Michael Jaco and Leo Lyonsagami and Lon Milo Duquette and soon to be Laura Eisenhower. Her new book is going to come out with CCC Publishing early in 2024. Mm -hmm. And the website to find all these authors as well as my own books is cccpublishing.com. And if anybody orders a book off that site, that's one of my books. I can sign a copy for people and send it out. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have all the other books in stock as well. And those mm -hmm. uh, are competitively priced right along the big online retailer named after an Amazon rainforest. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, go to cccpublishing.com for all the books. And if you want to learn more about me and my upcoming conference schedule, you can go to bradolson.com, B-R-A-D-O-L-S-E-N. Okay, that's good. That is good. Now, uh, <clears throat> there are uh, things going on out in the world there right now that uh, is a little puzzling when you look into the sky. We have Beetlejuice is either did a, a, a collapse or is about to. Mm. And that's going to show us like there will be a star in the sky that's going to grow for several days to the point where it's put out just about the same light as the moon does. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah, this is happening as of right now, the last day or two. It's okay. A, a, I saw a, a physicist on there talking about it. The and now, sky. Yeah, that's going to bring in some other energies that I wonder what how that will affect us. Hmm. Because uh, this is something that we, according to that physicist, we should be looking for. Because in the middle of the night, uh, right about the area of the Big Dipper, you will see it. Okay. I'll, I'll keep a lookout in the sky. Well, that's yeah. interesting. It happens to be Betelgeuse, because that's one of the planets that certain species of gray aliens say they're from. Mm -hmm. They're in Zeta Reticuli and the uh, Orion constellation. Yeah. The Orion group. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I wonder about that. And uh, uh, what else are you up to these days? 
besides being well, on conferences? Uh, spending time out on my ranch in northwestern Nevada and um, traveling quite a bit, not only to conferences, but see friends and check out paranormal hotspots. I was just out mm -hmm. at uh, near yeah. the Skinwalker Ranch a couple weeks ago out in Utah and got my first ski day in and got a couple ski days in in Lake Tahoe with my older brother. He came out and now I'm about to take off on a trip to Southeast Asia for a couple weeks. Ooh. I got accepted on as a, uh, I started my writing career as a travel writer and still do. Uh, so I'm going to produce an article about a location in the country Laos mm -hmm. called the plain of jars and a megalithic site in the middle of Laos, landlocked Laos, uh, surrounded by China, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, and Myanmar, or previously known as Burma. And right in the middle of it is this megalithic site of about a hundred of these huge jars. So I'm going to go there and check it out and try to find out how they were made, what they were used for, and uh, what the latest theories are, and put together an article in World Explorer magazine. They already uh, confirmed that I'll publish that article. So I go on, I used to do it a lot more than I do now, go on mm -hmm. these uh, press trips, these junkets. And it's it's uh, to show off the country and inspire mm -hmm. journalists to write stories about the yeah. country and the cool things. So this is what I'm going to do. And I've got an article that's going to be uh, placed in World Explorer magazine in the spring. So people there, can learn more about a, that there. <laughs> it, there's a lot of megalithic structures in the Far East and the Near East also. And uh, what about them at Baalbek? You know, one yeah. of them, there has 900 tons that was lifted up 20 right. feet and put into a wall. How and do you think they did that? Well, and there's no crane on Earth that could lift those 900 ton blocks let yeah. alone carve them perfectly and fit them on top of other megalithic blocks, yeah. which is the foundation for the Temple of Jupiter. And uh, just for the longest time, these stodgy archaeologists said, oh, it was a Roman ruin because there's a Roman temple on top. But yeah. common practice, if there's already a megalithic foundation, subsequent cultures will build right on top of it. That's what the Incan even told the Spaniards they did when they found all the megalithic ruins in Cusco in the Sacred Valley. And why wouldn't you? You've already mm -hmm. got a foundation ready to go. So just finish it off with your own roof. And uh, there you go. You saved yourself a yeah. lot of trouble. Yeah. Absolutely. So Malbec is, is truly fascinating. I would love to go there, but it's in Southern Lebanon and that's a real trouble spot right now. Uh, mm, not now. <laughs> up with Israel that, that could, uh, that could flash as some kind of hot yeah. war real quick. And, it turns out that the location Baalbek happens to be one of the headquarters of Hezbollah. And so oh. they're at odds with the IDF right now. It, yeah. Unfortunately, and not a good time to travel. Yeah, the it's world. Not, not a good time, but uh, there are other places. And also, I, I know you've written about, I read about, uh, you had some statues that you had pictures of that looked like perfect grays. But the statue was made a couple of 3,000 years ago. You know, they have the alien stone statues, looks just like Grace, mm. 
but they were so old. Mm. Do you that, mean the the wouldn't that be that came out of Mexico or no? I, th I think you 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 wrote about them, and uh, I think that when we look at something like that, somebody making statutes. They don't make them just for fun. I think they made them because they saw something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. And when you see something and you uh, remember it, it being profound, either a ship in the sky or, um, yeah, I've got a great picture here from um, in Beyond Esoteric that, yeah, they, they would imitate what they saw for sure. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't they? Because yeah. uh, it must be, it must have been a very profound experience. So yeah, here it is. Oh, uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. They drew yeah. it. They saw it. They drew it because they saw. So you got, yeah. Um, yeah, what what are originally the big mammals that would be hunted, but also these alien heads and and flying saucer. And this is a quote from Freddie Silva, who I met him. Mm -hmm. Um, conference before very mm -hmm. dynamic speaker and he said quote whereas the modern world equates myth with imaginative invention ancient cultures used it as an instrument for recording important facts and events so they would be memorialized and recalled generation after generation yeah. it makes perfect sense yep. they saw it and they drew it and these are found all over the world. And they're some of the oldest as well. The oldest petroglyph, the oldest pictographs found in Australia, uh, carved and painted by the Aboriginal people there, which are one of the oldest branches of humanity in the world. 40,000 years of unchanged yeah. evolution of the Aboriginal people in Australia. But also mm -hmm. found in um, Algeria, when Algeria, which is now mostly the Sahara Desert, was once a fertile landscape. And it also yeah. depicts uh, large animals roaming across that part of Algeria, which is now all desert. So uh, the planet, it was a much different place during the last ice age. And if you've caught some of the uh, ancient apocalypse series by Graham Hancock, he makes a very good case that, uh, that many of these locations that he covers go all the way back to the Ice Age. In Indonesia, for example, that's the first episode in Ancient Apocalypse. And then also on Malta. And, and I remember when I was visiting Malta, I was working on my book, Sacred Places Europe, and was told that there was this cave. And Graham Hancock highlights it in Ancient Apocalypse where mud packed large uh, Ice Age animals, such as woolly mammoths and mm -hmm. uh, giant rhinoceroses that are no longer anywhere near Malta, but Malta had been connected to Sicily and Italy yeah. via land bridge during the last ice age. So those animals could have roamed right in, but then a tidal wave came and <clears throat> just pushed all their bodies into this uh, deep recess of a cave yeah. only to be found uh, 
fairly recently mm -hmm. and to the shock of the archaeologists who dug out ice age era animals mm -hmm. and i'm not so totally sure that actually the dinosaurs have gone away because really? the reason for that is because i have a friend she is the daughter of uh uh, they were religious people that went to Africa to help out in the bush. And uh, she grew up in the African, really in the backwoods. And there were people back there that told her that there are big animals in the, in the forest, in the swamps. They can see the big animals and they made drawings of them and they look just like dinosaurs, those drawings that they were. The natives made yep. so in the swamps in the area of the blackest part of africa where hardly anybody goes ever i kind of believe there still is a few there hmm. so well, and that's maybe. that reminds me of a there was an island off the north coast of russia that was uh they were said that um I read that in a European newspaper years ago, and they said that they found dead mammoth on the island about uh, just 15, 20 years ago. They found them at 20 year, 15, 20 years before that article, which probably is another 15 years. But they found dead mammoth there. So that on that island, there were big <laughs> elephants. Right, during the last ice age. And mm -hmm. the interesting thing about those mammoths is they still had food in their mouth. So they were yeah. they were shock frozen in some kind of cataclysmic event where they're mm -hmm. still chewing their food. Yeah. <laughs> so the, more evidence that there have been these uh, pole shifts or these cataclysmic yeah. events also written about in ancient texts, such as the Bible with Noah's Ark and uh, floating through these these tumultuous uh, tempests of a storm and surviving yeah. uh, when they find land again. So yeah, I think Agi, there there's plenty of evidence that there have been uh, multiple pole shifts, and that that could be the end of civilization, such as Atlantis, such as Lemuria yeah. before that, yeah. and uh, it goes back to five different cultures, the oldest being Hyperborean, which is millions of years old. Mm -hmm. And some of the evidence for that is uh, they found in a seam of coal in uh, Siberia, I even have a picture of it in modern esoteric, that is dated, the coal seam is dated at millions of years old. Oh. So that's kind of hard to fake to put some gears in coal that are uncovered by miners. Um, and being dated that old. Yeah. Well, it tells us a little bit about our history. And I guess that's one of the big things you'll be talking about on your conference too, isn't it? Yep, sure is. Um, yeah. Especially as it pertains to the giants, because mm -hmm. as we were saying earlier, sometimes these are really, really old uh, entities and those old ones are the real intriguing ones because they're the tallest and they're the ones with the double rows of teeth. And they're also the ones that yeah. uh, um, are way bigger than any human could have been 
Just yeah. keep in mind that the tallest human being on record is called the Alton Giant, and his name was Robert Waldo in Alton, yeah. Illinois. And he got to eight foot eleven. That's the tallest recorded human in modern history. Here's a picture of those uh, gears that were found. Oh yeah, the there pole. you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, dated four hundred million years old. <laughs> wow. So wow. Earth obviously has been visited many, many times and yeah. long in the past. There's a whole show called Ancient Aliens that just uh, chronicles all the evidence. I was on a couple of those shows in season six. And uh, it's it's overwhelming how much evidence there is, as well as including for these giants that are mm -hmm. human-like, but they're not human. Uh, sometimes their cranial capacity, the size of their skull is 30% larger than a human's yeah. uh, and their eyes would also be evidence. Now there's one found in California down in San Diego and look at the size of the men standing. Yeah. I mean, just so much bigger. And let me show you an example of one of the elongated skulls because those two are very telling. Well, here's a dig in uh, Rwanda. Yeah. So massive. Mm -hmm. There's double row teeth skeletons there. So the bigger they are, the more exotic they are too. And in Beyond Esoteric, I have a chapter called uh, Suppressed Human Origins, where you have um, massive, well, here's the star child skull. Mm -hmm. Pie was taken around. And then some of these elongated, that is not a human skull there, Augie. That yeah. is a 30 to 35% larger cranial capacity than we have. Yeah. So they're found all around the world, too, on five continents. I've now uh, located them on Europe, around the Black Sea region, uh, the Far East in China, in Africa, South America, North America. Mm -hmm. The only places I haven't been able to find any of these giants are in Australia or Antarctica. But who knows? <laughs> New findings are coming out all the time. And yeah. this is yeah. one that I think is very explosive. This This really has the potential to change history as we know it because then when you incorporate all these other artifacts that are found around the world it's pretty clear that they have been highly intelligent advanced civilizations that once existed here on earth absolutely and uh you know science have a really slow way to admit that they've been wrong yeah. and yeah and that's got to change but if something's wrong it's got to be changed and I remember reading, too, there was a scientist talked about the Neanderthals. He said they had more brain capacity than we have, which really would probably also create somewhat of a bigger pituitary gland, uh -huh. which may possibly have given them more or a better connected connection to the universal mind, which might have made them more spiritual and more peaceful and then when the aggressive warlike humans came on the scene they fought the uh, neanderthal and got rid of them so they are the only ones left that's my theory hmm. and you're sticking with it i'm sticking <laughs> I with agree it with you. <laughs> because it kind of makes sense because if they were peaceful <laughs> we're not we, right. uh, yeah, I mean, the track record of humans are just, uh, just like it says in the uh, old dictionaries, the definition for human is monster. 
Well, we certainly treated ourselves and uh, the rest of the animal kingdom that way. Yeah. And as you said, a larger brain, larger pituitary gland, bigger brain, bigger computing power. Yeah. Now, the, the one time that the mainstream has acknowledged uh, non-human with a bigger brain, it was called the Boskop skull, B-O-S-K-O-F. And was found out in South Africa about 10, 15 years ago. And it was in Nature magazine. And they were highlighting the Boskop skull Hmm. saying that, oh, yeah, it had a 20 or 30 percent bigger cranial capacity than modern humans with a bigger brain (laughs) is bigger computing power and a bigger body. And so without fully admitting to giants and other elongated or giant skulled human-like people they were basically admitting it (laughs) Mm -hmm. with the boskop skull but that's as far as they went yeah wow well uh this is kind of like a a priming to the schedule that we have on i think february 6th i think we booked that one for so um what i suggest uh, give people one more time give them your web address and of course they find your books on Amazon also, but go to the web address first because then yeah. you can get this signed book. And here's two of them in yeah. the esoteric series. Beyond Esoteric is the latest, and then Modern Esoteric is the first in the series. There's also Future Esoteric. You can go to cccpublishing.com and order any of those books and uh, get them signed by me when they come through my office. And if you want to know more about me, uh, go to bradolson.com and there you'll find a link to my upcoming mm-hmm. conference schedule. And right yeah. when I get back, I'm coming on Alpha Broadcast, and I'll be able yeah. to tell you about my trip to Laos, and it'll be right before I head down to Los Angeles for the Conscious Life Expo, where I'll be giving oh. a presentation on the Giants. Oh, and that'll be... Go to ConsciousLifeExpo.com website. You can vote for Beyond Esoteric is nominated for Book of the Year. And if you gave me a thumbs up like for that voted for my book i'd appreciate it i did that already (laughs) thank you all right yeah and also folks uh when you're listening to this go to the website and look at the subjects that is written about you're going to find a few subjects in there that you can't live without and you're going to end up getting one of those books because i have two of them and i'll tell you uh, it was kind of a disaster because i got into the first one and i just couldn't put it down so i ended up spending a lot of time reading through it all and i'll tell you i am i am so thankful that he wrote about that because there was a lot of things that i didn't know so if, so thank you, Brad, for being with us. And uh, we're looking forward to the 6th of uh, February. Well, thanks for having me on, Augie. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. And what a year we have coming up. Happy New Year's, everybody. And uh, keep the faith and be prepared. And we're going to get through this. This is the great yep. awakening. And uh, it's a wonderful time to be alive and watch it all transpire. Yes, it is. And since it is New Year's Eve, uh, be lean on the eggnog, folks. Just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> or go heavy and quit everything on January 1st for your New Year's resolution. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That <laughs> Make sure you do that New Year's resolution. Every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Okay, thank you very much, and uh, we will see you again. Sounds good. Uh, Thanks, yeah. And then, until next time, be good to each other. <laughs>